I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. How are you doing on this fine day? Doing excellent. So this has been quite the interesting week we've had. It has, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Not one of the big things that happened this week. We had a decision made in the Kyle Rittenhouse case in which he was found not guilty on all counts. It's interesting that I finally had the opportunity to sit and watch the videos. And um, how could he not be found not guilty? I will say until I saw the videos as well, until I saw what was being presented at trial and even what was being said at trial for the prosecution and defense, I came to the full realization that it was completely self-defense. Somebody was chasing him around, throwing an object at him, and apparently earlier in the day said he was going to get him, and then lo and behold, he was trying to get him, and there was a sad coincidence of sorts, which was as he was, Kyle Rittenhouse was being chased and threatened and had objects hurled at him, another party shot a gun into the air near that scene, which made it appear that Kyle Rittenhouse was being shot at. Yeah, and it was a, it was a narrative that I believe that we just uh, don't want to own guns in America anymore, and uh, left doesn't want people defending themselves. It's okay for one side to go destroy buildings and create a false narrative there, but when somebody actually defends themselves, they're the ones that's the uh, the bad person, and the other folks are the good people. Yes, and, and to be clear, it's not just destroying buildings and the like. They are physically injuring other people as well, attacking other people, and in some cases, murdering other people. And somehow, that is an acceptable thing to do. But if you defend yourself with a gun after being attacked... It's on you. Yeah, that's something I saw by the prosecution when, uh, I don't remember which prosecutor, I don't think he was the lead one, he was one of the associate uh, prosecutors, basically made the statement that he should have went there without a gun and taken his beating. And I've heard that by more than one person, not just the prosecutor. Chris Cuomo has given the same type of statement. He had somebody on his show, and he didn't think that firing at somebody with a gun was justifiable that he should have just taken essentially he should have just taken his beating yeah it's okay for a pedophile known rapist to threaten to beat him to death but when he defends himself against that said individual that's not okay i don't understand the world that we're living in when defending yourself is the problem defending yourself is not allowed And I've heard some say, well, they should have just called the cops and waited. In a situation like that, the cops were actually present, but they weren't going through the riots. They were riots, not protests. And keep in mind that the rioters were white. And it doesn't make it any more or less okay if they're a different race. The rioters and the attackers were all white. Right, and they were at the police department was asked by their leadership to stand down and not do anything. So you can see videos of them just kind of standing off to the side. And you're correct; it was all white rioters. 
and I believe it had to do with a justified shooting of a young black man because I believe he was uh, holding a knife and trying to, to kidnap a woman. So he was at the house of a woman that he had previously raped, and they were either investigated, investigating or charges were pending, and a person called the cops and said, he's back here. And then maybe trying to take her vehicle, something, it was unclear because there were several stories that did come out. And the police, I believe, uh, attempted to taser him because he was non-compliant. And he got out of that, went around his car, or the car, I don't know who's, but went around the car. And then they were trying to get him to stop, repeatedly stop. And apparently he was also saying he was going to grab said knife. So he opens the car door and then gets shot. They did find a knife on the floorboard. Well, it's unfortunate that officers have to do things in seconds and not minutes or hours. So they have to make decisions that sometimes are right and occasionally are wrong. However, it seems like some people of color feel like they don't have to comply. That was that compliance thing you just said. So if you comply, generally you don't get beat up. You may get cuffed, you may go to jail, but then you use your right to hire an attorney to fight it or to just let it go. And that's what happens is a lot of these people get combative and they just will not comply and it turns into a bad situation. And keep in mind that no matter your race, if you do not comply, it can lead to the use of deadly force. Just a block from my house, or I should say out on the main block, there was a an individual who decided not to comply, and he kept not showing his hands, repeatedly hiding at least one hand, appearing to hold an object in his waistband, and ultimately deadly force was used in that case, and he passed away, and he was Caucasian. He was white. And it happens more than you would think. And I remember that case specifically as well because it was just right around the block from me. It was very unfortunate that the young man was either under the influence of something or had mental issues and just wouldn't put both his hands out and comply, and he would still be alive to this day. Um, Both appear to be the case. Afterwards, they did a check of his system, and he had drugs, and I believe also alcohol in his system. And he apparently had recently gone through a breakup so he was having a mental health issue and unfortunately decided to go up against the police while appearing to hold an object in his waistband, which he ultimately it was determined he did not have. But he kept holding what appeared to be an object. So it sounds like it might have been suicide by cop. Yes. So yeah. I know a couple people that have done that. Um, acquaintances, one up in the Bay Area did that with... Uh, A rifle, it was unloaded, but he opened his garage door and was pointing it at officers, and they decided that uh, they were going to take him out. Oftentimes, it's going to, is it going to be you or is it going to be them? Of course, everybody wants to go home. As far as the police officers are concerned, they, they typically want to not shoot anyone and go home at the end of each shift. So they do have a very hard decision to make when something is happening like that right right so switch up a little bit so when you go to school whether it's private or public you as a parent 
if you go before a board and you would like to voice your concerns about something they're teaching in class, um, if the school board disagrees with you, do you think it's appropriate for somebody to get a hold of the Department of Justice and then try to shake you down, quiet you up? Or do you think that you should be heard? I think that you should be heard. And I think you can be heard in all manners. And in fact, when I was working for the federal government and we had to work with union officials and and have disagreements and talk, they were allowed to get loud, boisterous, and maybe even use unkind language as long as it was non-threatening. Like you weren't actually going to say, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to injure you, something like that. But they could be loud and use unkind language, and that could not be held against them. So you couldn't then turn around and try to get them fired or demoted, anything of that nature. So if we're allowed to have interactions in the workplace that are loud and boisterous, why are we not allowed to express our opinion with anything but a church mouse type of voice? Because as soon as you elevate your voice, they're like, oh, you're done, you're out of here, goodbye. Well, absolutely, and that's what I was getting at is the uh, case that was found not guilty yesterday. It was a false narrative. The young kid should have never been brought up on charges because the um, prosecution had the video, so they knew what they were doing full well, and it rolls right into this new uh, DOJ leader who's trying to target parents through teachers and through school boards when it's a false narrative. There may be a handful out of, say 100 million, that say the wrong things. However, most of the parents are calm, cool. Their voices get a little elevated, but they're not doing anything wrong, in my opinion. No, they're just trying to be heard. And when some of these school boards aren't even meeting in person, they'll meet on Zoom. Sometimes they won't even give out the link. And so they're discussing things that impact the children and then not wishing to hear anything that would be against whatever it is that they want to do. And there's always an a alternative opinion, and it might not be accepted. That is one thing, but you should at least have the right to voice your opinion. Well, absolutely, and through our tax dollars, which are paying to build these schools, paying for the board members, paying for the teachers, we absolutely have a 100% right to tell them or ask them to teach our kids in a certain manner and what cur- curriculum we would like them to teach. Yeah, and one of the things I, I recently heard was that there is a constitutional amendment being offered in California. I don't know if it will make the ballot. I think it has to get enough signatures. But what they want to do is guarantee the right of a good quality education for all students in the California Constitution. And I found it kind of interesting. So that means our right to an education, I think ages 6 to 16, it's mandatory that you go to school in California. Our rights to an education doesn't mean we have the right to a good education. We have the right to whatever it is that someone else decides is good enough for us. So in Clovis Unified, that could be one set of standards. In Fresno, it can be another set. There are exit exams and things like that. But we are not requiring that schools give a good quality education across the board. That should be a no-brainer. I would think that we should go back to math, science, English, and a little bit of physical education to help keep kids in shape and not have them pre-diabetic at 10 years old. I don't know about that. What do you think? We seem to 
to not look at why we're educating children anymore. Children can't read cursive. They can't write cursive. You can't understand the Constitution unless you find it in print. Our founding documents are written in cursive. And we're taking away this this knowledge level. And you can say, oh, well, we type nowadays. We don't even have to know how to write cursive. Okay, I can respect that. But they, they have found that cursive actually helps wire, wire your brain in a certain way. And we're taking away that that wiring, that goodness that comes from it. Yeah, but you know the Constitution was written by who? A bunch of white guys. So we don't like it. So we don't like it anymore. And that's another false narrative. Obviously, it was a bunch of white guys. But I think on its whole, Constitution's a pretty good document. It's held up for about, what, almost 300 years-ish? So I think that we should kind of stick with it and add some amendments here and there to help protect people and just not uh, go crazy with this thing. More like 250. Yeah, 250. Okay. But still, Round up, round down. Whatever. Yeah, let's round that up. But it, ha- it has held and it has shown that we do have certain rights. We don't have other rights. But what it's supposed to do is restrain the government, not restrain the people. And if we take away the Constitution... I, I do believe that we'll go into a sort of life that will require restraint on people. The government's not going to give itself less power. Correct. Just like once they create a tax, that tax never goes away. So did you feel good yesterday that uh, our vice president was in charge there for a while? No. Me either. Even though I don't know her, I don't trust her. Yeah, she. there's a lot going on in the White House. They're losing staffers left and right. I also understand it's a very hefty job. They give up their life pretty much 24-7 because they are always on call. As soon as something happens, their teams get together, go into crisis mode, and they constantly have something that they have to do. So I can understand that you would get burnout and that people would start moving on to other opportunities, but it seems like a lot of people are leaving all at the same time. Well, it's because they started from a deficit. They have a president who I think is, in my opinion, illegitimate. He has no cognitive reasoning any longer. I think they're pumping him full of something, like a weekend at Bernie's, to make sure that he's uh, cognitive 30-second snapshots. And we have a vice president who they only picked her for one reason and one reason only. Because she's a person of color, not because she's the smartest person in the room like Hillary Clinton, but because of her electability as a VP for votes. Because when she ran for president, she couldn't even get the nod of her own constituents in California. Yeah, they all, well, and then they all turned and circled around Biden, so it didn't matter anyway. In the end, it didn't matter, but... When, when she was running, she could not get people to get behind her. Right. And if you listen to some of the internet scuttlebutt back when they were running, it was which person could they perpetuate the biggest fraud with, not which one's the most electable. Because actually, at first, I believe we were both talking about Buttigieg. Yes. And he actually had some pretty cool things to say. But now listening to him as, I think he's a transportation secretary. Yes. I would send him back to his state of origin because the, the man is not very sharp. Is he not very sharp, or is he saying what he's supposed to say? Or he's towing the company line. I feel like he went from speaking well to towing the company line, but then again, all of his speeches could have been written for him, all of his answers so well prepared that it wasn't him in the first place anyway. 
it just, I understand you have to prepare for a lot of these things. I know I enjoy watching some of the debates, but you don't know who you're getting still. They can debate and speak their piece, but they're saying stuff that as soon as they're elected, they turn on. They flip a 180. Absolutely. Well, that was, you know, the caravans, both Harris and Biden told them to come on up. And then later on when elected, they're like, oh, no, stay, don't come, nod, nod, wink, wink. And they they said they would not get the COVID shot because it was made by and under Trump. It wasn't personally made by Trump, but it was made under his uh, presidency. And they said they would not get it. Now that it's their presidency and vice presidency, oh yeah, everybody should get it. Why? Why haven't you gotten your your 18th round yet? Yeah, it's amazing how. See, what are they called now? It's not Facebook, right? It's Meta. Well, Meta is now the parent company uh, okay. that owns Facebook. That owns Instagram. Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's interesting that I watch a lot of videos and I listen to a lot of audio about COVID and doctors and scientists of all races, ethnicities around the world. And boy, I'll tell you what, if it goes contrary to what their narrative is, they disappear off that internet site so fast, it's unreal. Yeah, I saw a posting earlier with regard to that, and it was a picture of Big Bird, and it said that this is a scientific speaker right here, do what Big Bird says, which is to um, get your shot. And then they banned the guy who actually helped to invent the mRNA because he was talking about how children shouldn't get it. There wasn't enough research done yet. And he was accused of speaking misinformation and banned. So yes, trust Big Bird. Don't trust the person who actually helped to invent mRNA. Yeah, it's interesting because yesterday I saw a report that somebody has asked for a FOIA request from, I believe it's either Pfizer or Moderna, as to how they built this vaccine. And they've asked for it to not be released for 50 or 55 years. So I've seen a couple things on that. Apparently the FDA, because they're the ones who ultimately like, approve it, but the FDA wants the public to wait until 2076, a full 55 years, for them to release the information related to uh, that it relied on to deem Pfizer's vaccine safe for usage. They said they can release 500 pages a month for the next 659 months. Boy, they're fast. Mm -hmm. They should be able to process that whole thing in about two weeks. Well, considering things that just need to be uploaded, isn't what you, I guess they might have to redact information if it is non-disclosable, gets right. down proprietary, to the, yes. proprietary meds. So I can, I can respect that, but 55 years, I'm sorry, I want to know what I'm putting into my body now. And you're telling me, I'll tell you some other time in the future. Well, for all Americans, and this is for the greater good of America, shouldn't we all be in all together? We want to know what's in it. We want to know how we're being protected and how they came up with this. Well, we can't even find out from Fauci where COVID came from. So there's a scientist who thinks that they may have found the origin and it goes back to the wet market. But then apparently they said they found patient zero. But then it doesn't look like it orig originated there, that that was just one of the first people to get it. It's like, okay, so now we're back to the wet market. Now we're allowed to talk about it again. And apparently there's some information being shared, but then at like the bottom of this article, it says this is based on the information that the Chinese have shared with scientists. 
Like, okay, so they're sharing exactly what they want you to see. Absolutely. Interesting thing. I'm a video guy. One of the couples I follow online that's traveling the world on their catamaran just made it into Mexican waters a couple days ago. They checked into Ensenada. They had to go through a health department test on their boat before they could get off their boat and be cleared. And a healthcare worker there in Mexico was talking about asymptomatic people, people that had vaccines, people that have not been vaccinated. They found in Mexico that I believe it was asymptomatic that weren't showing symptoms. The way they discovered that they were spreading COVID was through a blood oxygen meter on your index finger. As people that were not showing symptoms but were positive had low oxygen levels. Yeah, it was a very interesting find. So they were able to figure that out. And I believe they probably saved thousands of lives or really slowed down the speed of the contagion. That is very interesting. That That is something that we actually did in our family as we got COVID is I had a, a pulse oxygen checker and I shared it with the family. And uh, it turned out, that we were okay, but one of the things that we had heard, or I had heard, which is part of um, sharing it, was that you could get to dangerously low levels before you realized it. So it is amazing that they they now know what to check for and getting more people out there, because I had not heard that. That was in one of the kind of conspiracy theories sort of realm, because I had a friend who did go to the hospital. Ultimately, he passed away. But when they checked his pulse oxygen, it was super low, and he didn't know it. He didn't realize that that was one of the things happening. Yeah, and when your mom and I received the nice COVID, thanks to you, we were able to borrow your meter and monitor ourselves, probably a little more frequently than we should have, but we checked it every hour, along with what the CDC recommends, which is only check your temperature twice a day. We actually did a little spreadsheet, and we checked it every hour just to make sure it wasn't spiking or going too low or up and down. Just more concerned for each other than anything. That's what happens when you're around each other for 43 years. You guys actually like each other? Still, it's amazing, isn't it? That's weird. Yeah, it is. So people are already calling this morning for another prosecution of Rittenhouse. What is wrong with these people? Well, either they haven't watched the video... Or like I said earlier, they don't care. They don't think you should be allowed to protect yourself. And some even said he was, why was he even at the protest? He had no right to be there. Well, one, he had every right to be there. It's his city. Even if it wasn't his city, people are traveling all over the, all over the United States to protest. People who support BLM and some of the protests that they're having, they are traveling either across counties and in some cases across state lines to go to that city and support it. Are you saying that they don't have the right to go into another city and protest or counter protest because it's not quote unquote their city in your view or it's not their protest in your view? So there should never be a counter protest allowed in any circumstance if that's your view. But ultimately, the narrative that he was in a city that he had no ties to was also proven false because apparently mom and dad are separated, uh, possibly divorced, and dad lives in Kenosha. He worked in Kenosha. He had a job in Kenosha. So he did not cross state lines merely to go pick some people off because he thought it would be fun. He had ties to the community, and he was helping 
a company that asked for help because they had already had their place torched. Well, isn't that why we are the United States and not the divided states? We have a constitution federally and state constitutions set up to allow us to cross state lines on a regular basis, but they just keep coming up with this new stuff to prevent us from going across state lines and maybe taking a gun with you or taking your car. You know, a car is a deadly weapon as well. To be clear, the gun did not cross state lines. Right. So they it stayed actually, within the county. They actually yeah. looked at charging him with a separate charge for crossings right. with a gun, yeah. and it turned out that that wasn't true because a lot of the the narrative was that why is the 17-year-old allowed to cross state lines with a gun and have no ties to the community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It turned out all of those were false. I do believe he just went there to help clean up because that was his dad's community. And um, I hope that this young 17-year-old, he's 18 now, is able to semi-put his life back together. And just like some of these others that recommend he sue, I hope he sues every news outlet that... Defamed him. Yes, created this false narrative. And I hope he actually sues Biden if he's able to do that because Biden made statements before he was president that the kid was a white supremacist. Yeah, white supremacist and a terrorist. Or was that only because he had that Make America Great Again hat on? That I don't know. It was a couple days after, and they he already tweeted, labeled, he's a white supremacist right. terrorist. They, they knew he was a Trump supporter, the kid was. So, why? Because he cleans graffiti and believes in 2A? Right, you know, and the, the kid at 17 years old, I believe he, had a, he was an EMT... So he had uh, first aid training. Um, Gage Grosskurtz, the third individual who attempted to disarm Kyle Rittenhouse, was actually a certified EMT. He also had a medic bag with him. Now, I don't know if Kyle Rittenhouse had completed EMT training, but I do know that he had it at least first aid. Right, and he was training. a junior junior cadet police officer or something yes. like that. He's, he was He's pretty well-rounded young mm-hmm. kid, and I, he was on a good trajectory or a good career path um, until this happened, and I hope it doesn't stop him from living his dream, doing what he wants to do. So according to his attorney, that is to be a nurse. That's cool. Good for him. I hope he fulfills his dream at some point in time. And I hope everybody that wronged him gets corrected. Agreed. I I know we have this jump to conclusions, ask questions later sort of mentality in our news. And we always have this desire to know. I know I have a desire to know a lot of things. So I'm trying to eat up every piece of news in some of these cases. But I really wish the truth was what we were after. Unfortunately, we're after a narrative these days. We're not after truth. The truth falls by the wayside. We even see this uh, going back to one of the subjects we talked about with Trump and the Russia collusion. The truth has come out. It took four or five years for it to come out that it was all fake and the dossier was faked. And now the people who used the dossier to convict him in in the court of public opinion have corrected some of the old articles that, that mentioned it. But all of our leadership, Oh, no, I used what was right at the time, so I'm not responsible. Oh, well, you know, misinformation, but it was it was correct information. We never stopped that. We never labeled it misinformation. 
and, and put a label on it and stopped it from being shared. And that was allowed all over the place. But you say one thing out of line on another subject, you're cut off. Sounds like one of the California representatives, uh, Adam Schiff. He was one of the big bulldogs in trying to impeach the president. And even after all this information has come out, and he knew it was a fraud from the get-go, he still goes on shows. And, and stands by it. Yeah, and still stands by what he thinks happened. I, I hope that the special prosecutor is left alone and is able to go up the chain of command and actually go after the high-level people who actually perpetuated this fraud and not the low-level people that were just couriers for these top leaders. Yeah, unfortunately, we seem to go after the low-level low people because it's easier to do. Well, they get a conviction, and it makes them look good. So if we go over to China, and we've talked about their human rights violations, we've talked about sweatshops. I mean, Nike shoes are made in sweatshops in China. Have they changed that, or do they still make those those shoes with forced labor, sweatshop labor? Well, now, apparently, China has decided that video games are bad for children. So a new Chinese law limits the time on games for kids under the age of 18. They can now only play up to three hours a week. So the company Epic, the creator or owner of Fortnite, has pulled out of China because they realized they weren't going to make the money that they thought that they were going to make. They only got interim clearance from China, and then China decided to pull that. So they're leaving, and I guess other companies are now leaving China as well because they have stuff like like this, three hours a week. And I know we've discussed previously on whether video games may have impacted people like Kyle Rittenhouse, people who use guns or have guns or their desire to unlawfully use guns. I'm not saying Kyle Rittenhouse unlawfully used guns, but video games has come up a lot in this. And in fact, a prosecution in the Rittenhouse case, when questioning Kyle Rittenhouse said, or asked questions regarding his love for shooting people. And if that was what made him want to bring a gun because he could just pick people off. No, dying or getting his butt kicked is what drove him to defend himself with said gun. And with the charges, I mean, it appears that I think every shot that he took that night hit its mark. Good for him. Yeah, so, and then you see the the photograph, or it, it was a video, but I've seen the photograph of that video of the prosecution picking up the gun in question, aiming it right at the people in the audience. Uh, is it called an audience? Or? Yeah, it could be. Aiming it at the spectators. People in the gallery. Yes. So he aimed it at the people in the gallery with his finger on the trigger. And he checked to make sure it was unloaded before he did that, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, no. So only one person in that room didn't know how, it publicly showed that they did not know how to hold shoulder or keep your finger off the trigger. Well, that's because like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, when they used to teach kids gun safety in school, because you can go through catalogs and through school books and see where they used to actually teach kids about proper safety of guns, because it is part of our culture. It probably always will be. 
that now these people are so afraid of guns, they think they're dangerous weapons. Well, they're not. They're inanimate objects. It's the person behind the weapon that's the problem. That's why when it comes to video games, like you were just talking about, some of these violent video games, I talk to my grandsons, your nephews, on a regular basis as to whether they know the difference between reality and the game they're playing, which is a game. It's fiction. You can't just shoot somebody and expect them to jump back up like you can a video game where you can just hit reset or whatever the the regain of life is where you remorph into somebody else or you have enough points that you stay alive, that there is a difference between these games and real life. Definitely have to make sure people have a, a grip on reality when it comes to to those things. Absolutely. And if we're going to make good warriors for the military, um, we have to continue to own weapons. And, oh, that's not what the Second Amendment's for. Why is the Second Amendment there? Personal. Yes. For you. And it doesn't have to be just for self-defense. It doesn't have to be just for hunting. It can be because you want one. Yeah. I own guns. Have for my entire life. Love them. But they sit in their gun safe. And I've never once gone home and one of my guns has been out of the safe looking at me going, hey, let's go shoot somebody. Doesn't work that way. It is quite amazing what people have as their perspective on guns. I know for a while people are like, oh, you can't even show a kid a gun. They won't understand it, things like that. But I have, it seems like kids who know guns know that they're not toys, who have seen it, who have handled a gun. And you explain to them over and over again that this is not a toy. If they come across a gun at a friend's house, or if they are someone has tossed a gun somewhere on their schoolyard even, they will know how to handle that situation. Versus a kid who's never seen it before, they will want to pick it up, touch it, and play with it as if it's a toy, not realizing the full extent of what they're about to do. Absolutely. No... Um consequence there because they do not understand and we've made these children exist so to speak i mean because we now have this society that wants to hide everything it's like you can hide everything bad bad things will still happen unfortunately you can try to you can try to take away guns as we've seen in other countries that do not have guns guess what crime still happens people still hurt other people people still do things that are unkind to other people, kill other people, stab other people, blow other people up, it doesn't stop the badness of the other individual. They find a different way. Yes, and I believe that crime stats by the FBI show that um, bats, knives, and actual hammers create more mayhem in America, and there's more deaths that way than with guns. I think the biggest issue with guns is uh, suicides. I think that's the highest number. I believe you're right. Over half over half of all gun-related deaths are suicides. So addressing the mental health issue that has led that person there um, seems like it would be more, more prudent than taking away the gun. So, okay, you take away the gun, I can still hang myself. I can still draw, uh, jump off a bridge. I can drive my car into a tanker truck. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to do it, and I'm not supporting it. I'm not saying you should. I'm not saying we should allow it in other ways. 
But if somebody wants to, they're going to. Right. I don't think people can jump off of bridges anymore because I believe they put signs up on some of them and say it's a $1,000 fine to jump from this bridge. Oh, so, and that stops people. Yeah, yeah. So if you survive, they're going to fine you. Because that's how to get at people. Well, absolutely. Just like taxes. That's the way you punch them in the gut. You take their money, even when they're at the end of their life because they want to kill themselves. So speaking of taxes, we now have a nice uh, free infrastructure bill that's passed in the house. The build back better it's for free yes we've had two pass uh, biden just signed one of the bills and the second one is passed in the house and it needs to go to the senate and it has everybody's little little piece of the pie the little earmarks want, little things. earmarks in there but we'll just pretend it's about this you know bigger picture item and then we won't talk about everything that we shoved in that bill to make it happen but as biden said it's free costs no money so we can pass it. So far, they said it's at least three hundred billion dollars in addition. But they want to they want to add new taxes. They're strengthening the IRS to do double the audits. So how about instead of making our tax code more complicated, we make it less complicated? Then you won't need as many people, but you can still audit everybody. You can audit as many people as you want. Not that I agree with all government audits. But why don't we have a more uh, a simpler tax system instead? A flat tax. Flat tax. A, there you go. A flat, a VAT, something. <laughs> but why aren't we making it more clear, more concise, less write-offs? If you know what the price of you know the price is going to cost you, you can have three jobs. You will always have the correct taxes taken out because you will know exactly what you need to pay right up front. It's because this whole thing's a big ruse. Look at uh, who writes tax policy. Congress. Yes. And what is Congress's biggest complaint about the wealthy? They don't pay enough taxes. Loopholes. Uh, so if they write the yeah. policy, who puts the loopholes in them? It's not the wealthy people unless through their lobbying behind the scenes, they convince Congress just to go out there and say, yeah, yeah, just stick it to us. But then on the backside, they do all these loopholes and then over time, because us Americans are so busy, we forget about it, and they just write their stuff off on their taxes, and we go on till the next election cycle. So, how about we have a flat tax? Nobody can get out of anything. Done. It doesn't matter if you own a house. It doesn't matter if you're paying property taxes. There's no extra write-off for you. It doesn't matter if you're paying interest. No extra write-off for you. Flat tax. The price is the price. You know up front, you make $100,000 a year, and it costs you $10,000, let us just say 10%. So you know up front, $10,000 is going to go to the government, and there is nothing else that's going to happen. Well, I like that, but how about we go back to the 20s, maybe 30s, when individuals didn't pay income tax? I like that even better. Yes. Yeah, I, I really don't understand well, I do. They're, they are all bought off. Yeah, it's like a Ponzi scheme. Absolutely. Do you, we never really talk about news outlets, but do you ever follow Harris Faulkner on Fox News? No. I believe she just was announced as a broadcast journalist of the year. I actually started watching her on her show a little bit, and uh, she is a very, very well-informed American. She is sharp as a tack. 
you want to learn a lot of stuff about her, all you got to do is watch a couple of her shows and you'll realize that she's spot on on pretty much everything she says and does. I'm going to have to look her up. I, I do have a variety of news organizations that I follow, but typically I do printed news um, or if the videos, um, they need to have good closed captioning because I am hearing impaired. I, I tend to go more towards reading than I do videos. Very cool. I like yeah. the closed captioning at the bottom of the screen, too. It's pretty neat because I can not pay attention to actually what's going on on the screen and just read it, and then I know what's happening. Only if they have good closed captioning. Sometimes gibberish comes yes, across. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes um, it's way off. There have been times I've watched a movie and I found out what was going to happen ahead of time because the words were ahead of the actual movie itself. So, yeah. It is interesting, though. When they do a good job, they do a real good job. So as I was meandering around the house this morning making me a pot of coffee, I was reading some news. I was looking at Hawaii, which happens to be uh, one of our favorite places in the world, of course, because we talk about it a lot. Just a little too expensive to live there, and their politics are kind of messed up. But I guess they're going to light the state or the city Christmas tree here pretty soon. And because of the COVID... No one's allowed to be there when they light it. You can watch it live stream. Well, if you go online and look at a lot of the comments from people, they're actually getting pretty tired of this, especially if you can have people go to a stadium on a weekend and be 50,000 strong and watch a football game or a baseball game or hockey or whatever the case may be. But you can't go stand outside, separated from each other, and watch somebody flip a switch, and light a Christmas tree. Yeah, but don't worry. They're allowing the tourists to do whatever they want. It's the locals that are, they're getting hammered with all of the rules. Right, right. It's crazy. I guess there's uh, a lot of cases still in Hawaii, but it looks like it's on the decline, so they're talking about opening more stuff up, but they probably won't do that until you've had your seventh booster, and it's about 2026. Yeah, I know they were talking about um, you had to test negative or be vaccinated in order to even go grocery shopping. I'm not sure if that was implemented or not. Yeah, I guess they were uh, pretty let's, let's swap it over to the other side of the pond to Europe. I guess Austria and other countries there are going on a major lockdown because they're on about their fourth or fifth wave of a variant of COVID. So Austria has locked down all of their non-vaccinated citizens. 12 and over. Yes, and... Uh, the adults can go to work and go to the grocery store or they can go to a hospital and get a vaccination, which is crazy because if this vaccine, as we've covered multiple times, is such a good thing, why are they concerned about unvaccinated? I would be more concerned about vaccinated people or people that have gotten a shot who can still hand off the COVID to somebody else and not have any symptoms or realize that they're positive. They have the potential to hurt more people because they don't know that they have it. And immune compromised people still exist. And somehow we don't care about babies. We don't care about children under the age of five because we will allow vaccinated people to go around giving COVID. It's Christmas, the gift to give. Yeah. They'll allow it. Oh, oh, you don't have to wear a mask, which is a whole nother thing. But you don't have to do any of this stuff anymore. You're free to go. 
you're free to spread. It's okay. They're unvaccinated. Except that you're talking about people who actually can't get vaccinated now. It's one thing you're choosing not to get vaccinated, but it's quite another if you can't. And yet we were lumping both of those two together, the people who are taking the risk and the people who don't have a choice right now. Even though the actual vaccine efficacy, we're not allowed to know what's actually in it. We're not allowed to know all this information according to the FDA. You can wait 55 years, just get it anyway. Get get 500 shots anyway between now and then. Well, I believe they probably knew this wasn't a true vaccine. That's why Webster Merriam has changed the definition of vaccine for just for this case here. But uh, booster, 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 booster. Just remember that. That's a word you're going to learn, and it's going to be embedded in your head. Booster, booster, booster shot. So what can constitute fraud? Voter fraud is one. Claims are that widespread voter fraud is not happening. What about false narratives? And this happens on both sides. So if you say a lie, such as um, with President Trump, that he was colluding with Russia, and you make a decision not to vote for him because he's colluding with Russia and you don't want that person as your president, can that lie that false narrative be considered widespread voter fraud? That's a great question. Wow. Did you come up with that yourself? I did when I wasn't sleeping at like four o'clock in the that, morning. That's incredible because that actually could have cost him millions of votes. Because Ab- you wouldn't want to uh, vote for him. Absolutely. And that's what they were pushing. That's why they were doing the white supremacists against uh, supporters, this false Russian narrative, um, that he did all this crazy stuff just because he likes to tweet at two o'clock in the morning is the man stable yes why do i say he's stable he's a billionaire that runs or ran several companies he's opened hotels around the entire world nobody's ever questioned him when they were taking money from him as donations but once he became president or ran then the, the vernacular totally changed and he was just a worthless man. Yep. It's quite interesting. When you don't fit what they want you to be, you're done. Man, that's, that's swirling around in my head now. That was a great point, voter fraud that way. And it's interesting because the former CEO, I believe it was Overstock, or now it's called O, or now it's back to Overstock again, he actually met with the president, President Trump, several months before the election along with some IT experts, and they showed him the scenario that they were going to use to steal votes from him and to move votes around through these machines from state to state and from county to county. And they would rip off just a handful here and there. So if he knew he was going to potentially win a county by, say, 10,000 votes, they would take votes from different counties and move them into that place So he would lose. That's why you saw the machines shut down. You saw a lot of the polling places shut down for a few hours when he was up 100, 100,000, 200,000. And then when the machines would come back on and start tabulating, he was down by that amount. So I think exactly what that former CEO, who is an IT expert, claimed and said might have actually happened. So, yes, all different ways that fraud can occur. Absolutely. 
cheaters are cheaters and they will find a, a means to the end for sure. So I wonder how we're going to do Thanksgiving this year around America, because this will be our second Thanksgiving, correct, under this uh, COVID mandate? Yes. So is uh, Dr. Fauci come out yet uh, and told us what we're allowed to do and not do? Yes. If you are vaccinated, you are allowed to enjoy Thanksgiving and you should feel good about it. I will feel good about it as a non-vaccinated person who now has antibodies because I've had it. And I'm hoping that the turkey's been vaccinated as well. Speaking of antibodies, so there's a lawsuit going on, um, and I'm not sure exactly where it is, but the CDC received a request for all information related to a person who had COVID, recovered from COVID, was non-vaccinated, recovered from COVID, and then got it again. I believe it was that how many cases of community spread are there of that person who got COVID a second time with the antibodies and all of that? What were the number of cases they found related to spread? Because they are tracking that information along with if you're vaccinated, whether you've had COVID or not and you're vaccinated, you get COVID either for the first or second time after vaccination how many cases of community spread are there. And there are some cases where the person is fully vaccinated, does get COVID, and spreads COVID to others. Well, in this first scenario of people who have antibodies and then get COVID again, cases of community spread that have been recorded, zero. Zero. I heard that from Dr. Rand Paul in a subcommittee meeting that I believe they did a study of 2,400 people somewhere in that number. It's probably not 100% accurate, but it's close. And there was zero spread from people that had natural antibodies. Yes, so I guess it's uh, also information in a lawsuit because they were trying to, I think, make their case as to why they didn't need to be vaccinated. Uh, Probably going to get fired or something. Well, unfortunately, the way they're tracking this thing as a whole, and they set it up originally so hospitals would get extra money the more cases they had of COVID, the more COVID deaths and such. Unless somebody really dives into the data, when we have all this empirical data, you know, 10 years from now, we're not going to know what the truth really is. Yes. So from, sp- go oh, ahead. Go I'm sorry, no. from the origins of COVID on till now. Yeah, and the fact that we have to rely on China will probably never know the truth. You don't rely on a communist country for squat. Shouldn't be, but somehow we are. We rely on them for all of our supplies. We have container ships. Sitting off the coast of California, it's the biggest amount of container ships that can't be unloaded in, I think it's California's history. We're blaming supply chain problems, we're blaming truckers, we're blaming workers, we're blaming, well, dock workers, we're blaming all of these people, but we're not blaming our government officials because they could do no wrong. And in California, AB5, Assembly Bill 5, stopped independent truckers from working and getting these containers. They can't go to the docks and pick up anymore. After AB5 was passed, independent contractors were cut off, so owner-operators were cut off. You had to be a corporation. A lot of those people left California. Yes, and that's where Biden and others perpetuated another fraud about those places down in Southern California because I know for a fact that they run 24 hours a day loading and unloading. And how do I know that? 
fact number one, one of my great friends and coworkers has a friend who's a tugboat operator down there and who pulls those big ships in and out basically 24-7. That's number one. Number two, he has another friend who actually loads and unloads those, and he works the night shift, I believe. Number three, we rent a slip seasonally so we can take boating trips to Catalina Island. We're in San Pedro, right across the street from where they load and unload those ships. And guess what? We listen to the cranes all night long. Thank you, Biden. Yeah, Biden said he negotiated to have them work 24-7, so it was going to clear up the problem for anyone who was unfamiliar with that. So it was through Biden's negotiation, according to him, that it was now going to be a 24-7 operation. But it was already there. Right. And see, these are more strong arm tactics because, as a matter of fact, I believe China owns all of our ports down there now, or a majority of them. Those are mostly Costco, C-O-S-C-O, shipping containers, which are owned by the Chinese military. It's not the Costco you go buy your milk and eggs at. And they're basically creating a strong arm tactic and an issue where they're going to show us who's now in charge in 2021. So one of the subjects we talked about last week was how we treat our veterans. And one of some of the studies were, or sorry, uh, Los Angeles Times news article was saying that it's okay that veterans are dying because they're old people and trying to make a, a relationship between what's happening at the VA, number of vets dying, stuff like that. Oh, but it's okay. That study's okay because those vets are old people. Well, apparently there's been a few studies looking into the number of deaths at VAs over the course of COVID, and they actually started listing out the excessive deaths at VA hospitals. And the excessive deaths... um, They were trying to see if they were related to staffing shortages, hospitals being closed to a lot of procedures. Therefore, people couldn't come in, and then they ultimately died, not of COVID, but of something related to the hospital being shut down on certain certain parts. And so they're looking into that, and then they started looking into the United States as a whole. So there was a bunch of excessive deaths in the VA, but it was actually less than the excessive deaths across the United States as a whole. When you take percentages into account the sheer number of people that died and how many people were serviced and and all of that and they did like a year over year how many extra people died between 2019 and 2020 so it's kind of interesting to know that there have been thousands upon thousands upon thousands of deaths because people couldn't get any medical treatment at a hospital we said oh you might get covid covid might spread we're going to shut down all of the elective surgeries, and in some cases, elective was cancer treatment, among other treatments. Wow. So, it's amazing. yeah, we do have quite a number of excessive deaths. What a statement, though. You know, it's their old. It's okay. I guess you can make that same statement for Congress, huh? They've been there a long time, and they're all old, so if they start to kick off, kick off that's okay. We love our veterans, though. All you guys out there, we love you a lot. I will say some of the treatment that I've had at the VA, I've had good and bad. I've been told, here, take this pill. This is all I'm going to give you. Won't give you anything else. Made me a mental vegetable. 
ended up having to change which VA I went to move states and I ended up with a, a doctor who really cared and so we went through multiple different uh, pill types because I would have a reaction different reactions to them including one where I had a pretty high heart rate elevated heart rate um, and I actually have a heart rate monitor one of the you know smart watches and it would monitor my heart rate and then one day I noticed that it just didn't seem to want to go down so I took my phone out and I looked at the app and I see like where I started transitioning to this medication my heart rate went up and so my resting heart rate went from about 73 in a resting period to higher than 90 over the course of about a month and it just spiked and it would not go down and it seemed like it was only going higher so I end up starting to get off this medication, wean off of it. And the VA was very supportive. Okay, this isn't working. This is what we need to do for you. This is how we're going to do it. I put in a phone call, or sorry, I put in a, a email and they got back to me right away. Um, but anyway, so as I've weaned off, my heart rate has gone back down to normal. And to think that, oh, well, you're just a veteran. You must be a really old person. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't know. Oh, okay, I could just have a heart attack, but that's fine, even though I'm not at risk for a heart attack. But, oh, we gave you some medication, whatever. So, I'm a simpleton. Here's a big word. That's a microcosm of this vaccine. So, you were taking a pill that obviously wasn't right for you. Your body was actually rejecting it by your heart rate being up so high and potentially having a heart attack or stroke or some other issue. And that's why you have a lot of people across America who refuse to take this vaccine shot because they don't know how their body's going to react and they're scared. Yep. I, I just find it absolutely amazing that I, I'm told I don't have the right to my own body autonomy, that it's for everybody else. And in fact, people who have said their doctor has told them not to take the vaccine because they are very likely to have a bad medical outcome to the shot, um, people have told them, and when I say people, I mean on television shows, I've, I've seen it, people have told them, but isn't it better that you don't risk everybody else's health and you get the shot anyway? Yeah, because if you die, no big deal. It's an acceptable percentage that they're willing to take the risk. And I know exactly which show you're talking about, and there's something wrong with them ladies. So I will admit I, I don't watch the show anymore. Barbara Walters used to be on it. I don't watch the show anymore because I can't, I just can't understand how they think it's okay to tell somebody else you need to take this death risk. Right. Now that you have little children that you're raising and you want to raise them into productive young adults someday, even though they're only, you know, eight and six, you know, people look at that and say, ah, it's just a couple of kids. It's just you. It's no big deal. There's millions upon millions of people in America. So it's for the greater good. So if a percent die or half of a percent or a couple, it's an acceptable number. Yeah, according to Fauci, dogs and children. Okay, so he didn't specifically say children, but he he was the one talking about acceptable risk, and it seemed like your yours children, my children, are an acceptable risk. Well, yeah, and somebody coined a phrase 
about him the other day, and I think they called him the mad scientist. And I do believe he is a mad scientist, and you know, there's something wrong upstairs with people that are willing to risk other people's lives for their own personal gain and to fill their checking accounts up. And that is what he's doing. He is filling his checking account. Oh, yeah. He has patents on some of this stuff. I'm sure he's getting money from Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. And I would bet he's getting some money from China as well. Oh, no doubt. No doubt he's getting money from them. It, it And I, I can't remember if we already touched on it last week, but the government was going after the patent for Moderna because their scientists were not listed as co-patent owners. So the government created this in part. It was Moderna um, did have their own scientists, but some of the government scientists were in on it. So they want their government scientists listed so they can have the patent too. Shouldn't Trump be listed somewhere there too since he's the one that actually started Operation Warp Speed? Yeah, he definitely pushed it, but it's never enough, right? Never good enough. No, Not when it's him. I believe the current occupants of the White House and the vice president's house across the street uh, were anti-vaccination by anything that Trump had to do with. That is true. They have video evidence. I'm surprised it hasn't all been erased from the interwebs. Yep. So, with news organizations, there are some news organizations that people consider fake news, not real news, not real journalism, etc. Some people look at Project Veritas and, and say they're not real journalists, they're not a real news organization. They were raided by the FBI, apparently over a diary of Biden's daughter, which they had turned over to the police a year prior. So what they were raiding is unclear. They received notification um, of the subpoena and, or the warrant for specific documents or the subpoena for when they were raided. And it said, please don't talk about this. You're entitled to talk about it, but it could impede our investigation. And so they were deciding whether or not they should go public with the fact that there was a raid on both um, employer and employees. And while this was going on, and their decision was going on, they got a call from the New York Times asking for a quote for the story that was about to run about them getting raided. So clearly the information was already out there. The only other people who were supposed to know was the FBI who was asking them to keep silent. So then they decided to speak up. And now the New York Times is publishing private attorney-client privilege information. They went to court Project Veritas got a temporary restraining order to get them to stop publishing attorney-client privilege information, but it begs the question, how did they get it? If the FBI went into their place and took the documents, or it was electronic documents, and now not only does the New York Times know about the raid, they also knew about the documents and published the documents, who's feeding them? It's the same part of the FBI that was in on the Russia collusion. Even though some of the top leadership was taken out during that, there's still some career FBI people in there that are very anti-conservative. They're very anti-honesty. 
So I'm sure they're the ones that are leaking all the information. And they have every one of his hard drives and all of his information from stuff they've done for years. So this was a pure setup, in my opinion, especially since they turned the diary over a year prior. This thing could have went away. It was a setup. There was nothing in that diary, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody wanted to get the information or look at what they had on their computers and their phones. So they use this as bait to actually draw them in and then come up with a fake reason, fake news, fake reason to raid their establishments. No doubt. And the same FBI that labels parents terrorists for speaking up. So I I would say we're not going in a great direction with the FBI and their usage as a political tool is very, very apparent at this point. Not to say all, all FBI agents are bad, there are many good ones, I am sure, but the ones that are, are currently out there and know you know what we know about them, unfortunately, they are not the good guys. Well, they say it's the rank and file that you can trust, but is it the rank and file that you can trust? Because once they turn that into an evidence locker and it's locked away until they do go to court, isn't the man or woman that's guarding the evidence locker rank and file? Yes. So either somebody's sneaking in there and taking the evidence or one of the rank-and-file people are releasing it. And to jump back to the the VA story that I was explaining earlier, the excessive deaths were tagged at 50,000 across the entire United States, and that was just for the VA compared to the year prior or normal. Wow. And by the end of 2020, the VA had slightly more than 7,000 confirmed COVID-19 deaths. That meant that 44,000 of the deaths above the roughly 375,000 the VA averages yearly were either COVID-related but not categorized accordingly, or they were preventable caused by something that would have otherwise been treatable in a normal year. So they're at 50,000. Wow. Have you looked at the total number of COVID deaths to date? No. U.S.-wide? No. It looks like it's at about 769,000. But I wonder out of that 769, if they're taking the people that had comorbidities. Man, that's such a fancy word. How about we just say other stuff wrong with them? wonder how many actually died from that and the actual COVID just pushed them over the edge. Yeah, it would be really, well, it would be really interesting to know. It would be interesting to see what factors played played into it. We have people who seemingly should not have died, and they did. So what was going on to, to make this person die compared to others? Me getting a throat-clearing cough and a little bit of the sniffles, it seems so unfair in life. But it would be interesting to know how many people died because they weren't able to actually get to the hospital or have a procedure, or once they finally got there, there's people who ended up getting COVID at the hospital when they were being treated for some other emergency-type care because they couldn't get in before that. And that's a very interesting point because I took my pickup to a local dealership for some service work a couple weeks ago, and there just happened to be a ER nurse that dropped her Jeep off, and she was waiting for her ride, and I was waiting for mine, We started chatting, and then when she told me she was a nurse, I asked her how she had been dealing with the COVID and such and if she was vaccinated. 
She said, yes, she is. And she asked me if I was, and I said, no. So she moved about four additional feet away from me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we continued to chat and I had told her I had had it and that we ended up uh, consulting with our doctor and he sent us to St. Agnes hospital for the monoclonal antibodies. And she goes, wow, that's very interesting that more people don't know about that because it's very helpful. And to your point, had we made it available to everyone in the country, I wonder how many of these deaths would have been prevented or the serious symptoms would have been mitigated when we could have, as we say, taken a tool out of our toolbox and helped to fight it. And I actually went for a physical this week and I spoke with my doctor about the COVID that I had just had a couple months ago and thanking him for the monoclonal antibody treatment. And he made the exact same statement. I do not know why it is not available more in America. They've actually found in in some cities that only people of color are considered at risk. So there was a guy who had COVID, was at the hospital, and recorded the conversation um, that he was having with the medical provider in which they said because he was essentially because he was Caucasian, they weren't going to provide him with monoclonal antibodies. He didn't meet the checkbox of being a person of color who's considered more at risk merely because of their race, mm. not not because they were medically actually more at risk, but they said that race was a factor. I guess that stuff is so easy to produce and so well used or used so much around the nation for other problems like uh, cancer patients. When they go in for chemo, they give them the monoclonals and this helps them fight off infection and and whatever the case may be. But we should have brewed up, you know, like a whole cargo ship load of that stuff and just had it available in every state, every county for everybody with blinders on. So it doesn't matter what your race, color or creed is. If you're sick in America and we're the greatest nation on earth and we have the best medical institutions, everybody should have had the option to take it. Agreed. Absolutely. So can we talk about my dog? Yes, we can. Your mother and I had a little puppy 16 years ago that we picked up from a relative. Her little name was Lexi. And unfortunately this week, we had to uh, send Lexi off to puppy heaven or doggy heaven. And let me tell you what, I never thought that saying goodbye to a dog would be so painful. It was, uh, it was a little difficult. It was difficult for me watching both my daughters tear up, my wife tear up. And I'm glad I actually had a mask on because I was able to hide my tears because my mask was uh, soaking up the tears. And I even saw the vet assistant who was helping hold Lexi actually started tearing up as well. So um, I can only imagine how emotional it is for vets and vet assistants when they have to do this day in and day out, when they see little dogs come in and cats come in there damaged, some repairable, some beyond repair, and then some that just like us humans just get old and I don't know if outlived our usefulness is the right term. But we've basically timed out to where our bodies just aren't functioning anymore. And this vet actually um, gave some really kind words to us. And he actually looked at us and told us that we're the ones that know when our pet is not living a good quality of life. 
and it's time for uh, him or her to part. And with with Lexi, unfortunately, you know, she just had so many health ailments known and health ailments that were unknown. Over the last two weeks, she had lost over 12% of her body weight, which is terribly unhealthy. She was, you know, a smaller dog. So when she lost two pounds, that's 12%. That's a huge amount to lose, especially when you're eating. She was eating still, um, but she would have trouble and she would just fall over. She would take a snack and then fall over, among other things that were happening. And you, you look at, do you want them to keep suffering? Yeah, it was amazing. She couldn't hear, couldn't see, but boy, could she smell still. Yeah, she had a good smeller. She was good at smelling. But Absolutely. She was suffering. And I will say that, as you noted, the vet and vet tech were such kind people and they do that and they were still you know showing care concern it and it's just it's nice to know that people like that do exist to help you through the hard times absolutely what professionalism he actually explained from start to finish exactly how it was going to go that she may have a reaction that we may be a little uncomfortable with with the med but it actually, I think, was pretty painless for Lexi. I, she went relatively quick. So it was. I was glad to see that. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.